man. This is Grumpy Old Men's. Hello and welcome to episode number 193 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I'm happy that it's actually sunny outside and not like the other day when I thought I was going to die while recording a podcast. And from America's left coast, where you don't have to get invasive dental work to podcast here, but it helps. I'm Ryan Bemrose. It is a thing. It is a thing. <laughs> it does seem to be though what's happening. You know, although you just had the nice cleaning. I mean, you had a lot of work before yeah, mine during was the show and just a cleaning. And then I chatted with my dentist about uh yeah, you know, the funny thing is, I think she's just on the edge of red pilling, and we were chatting and she was complaining about the inflation and uh, you know, the regulations that she has to go through and all the hoops that the the CDC or whoever whoever is, you know, she's a medical industry so still has to uh, has to put up all of the the plastic dividers and everybody in the whole place is wearing masks you know i don't know if i've ever seen her without a mask because she's my dentist of course she fucking wears one when she's working on teeth but she was just complaining about all this and then you know i'm thinking do i do i drop the red pill or not no i'm i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna be nice and chat with her and yes i agreed with her and i said well you know they they just spent a whole lot of extra money to combat inflation and she's i don't think that's gonna work i'm like of course it's not gonna work (laughs) and right at the end i tapped on the plexiglass divider and said how long till you can get rid of this and she says well we're you know we're a medical industry and you know it just feels safer and you know it's like when the mask i always wear my mask here because i'm a dentist but then i also wear my mask out to the grocery store and I, my eyes rolled out the back of my head and she kind of nodded and said, yeah, I know. Because <laughs> people get used to it. That is the worst part about this. Beyond the fact that the science has said that masks do not stop a virus. Beyond that, I don't know uh, more than just people. The, the things that are being done that have never been mitigating any thing at all. And I went out to lunch with my parents the other day. It's just the local little breakfast place here. And they've still got the plastic up between the booths. And it's like, do you still not understand how air works? I don't, you know, I just don't get it. (laughs) Like you think putting plastic between the, you know, the backs of the booths, like that's going to do something for anything, you know, besides maybe trapping things in an area where otherwise would have been dissipated and somebody would have not gotten sick. Now, that you're blocking airflow. That's the worst possible thing you can do, but okay. I don't know. I think it makes I, sense for me. The I, I think a lot of people are, are have become very comfortable and stupid. Yes. And the, and, uh, and also, um, do you still not know how air works is my nomination for cold opener. <laughs> but it's true. And I will say that my, uh, the retinal doctor has always had, an air purifier 
in the waiting room and now there's multiple air purifiers throughout the thing that makes sense yeah i'm i'm actually totally cool with that like there was an air purifier in each dental cleaning room when i was there and i'm look i looked down and i saw it running and and i'm like well i guess i guess that's fine but the most amazing thing happened i was i was like deathly afraid they were gonna you know try to diaper me or something when i walked in well, because i walked in you. with I walked in with, yeah, I didn't, don't, I don't own, I don't even own a mask. Fuck that noise. But I walked in with like, my eyes were watery and I was coughing and sniffling. Why? Because all of the trees around here are coming in the air. And I go in there and after, uh, you know, a couple minutes of kind of politely coughing, I realized these air filters are really working because suddenly I'm not congested inside of here. You're like, this is amazing. My allergies are not as bad now. Yeah. What clean air. Uh Uh-huh. They never were. even thought of that. It's a beautiful thing. Clean air is a beautiful thing if you can get it. Now, that's not always the case, as you know, in uh, yeah. when you get the fires going around and they come out and uh, slide right into your door. And if you have fans oh, going yes. on today, I'm assuming it's still another toasty day on the. It uh, is still West another Coast. toasty day. Uh, it is currently 78 in the room where I'm sitting and 81 outside. And I have a fan pointed at me. Damn. And. I have a very effective noise gate. Yeah, well, it helps. I mean, you can hear it a little bit, but the, the post-processing helps even more. And it's like, it's not could, worth not being comfortable. I could turn it off. It would result in me complaining about the heat a lot more. <laughs> like, What's that noise? Now that you don't hear the fan, you just hear sweat rolling down <laughs> your face. Like, what's yeah. that noise? It's not sweat. But, you know, these little noises, when you're an insane podcaster like we are, you know, then you're looking for every little noise. That's why I just shut down my new Drobo right before we uh, started this up. And I mean, to answer your question from before we start rolling tape, yes, it is kind of like a NAS, but it's magic in the sense that the Drobo devices do not work on your normal RAID 5 or, you know, whatever you can. Set yeah, up. you you used the word Drobo before the show when you were talking about it. And it kind of tickled like in the back of my head, like, where have I heard that word before? And I want to say around 2010, 2012, I heard it because it was advertising on Twit. Right. That's when it's a mass storage device. And I've always thought of picking one up because the Drobo really pushes like, well, you don't have to have all of the same size drive. You just throw whatever you want in there and you can add more whenever you want. And they originally came out which is like the device I've got here for only to be plugged in direct. So it's not a network attached storage device. It is, it was originally firewire. I believe when they came out, this one's USB three, but I was on no agenda social and Alan Huffman from Iowa. Who's on no agenda socials. Like "Ah, I'm trying to sell this on eBay. Nobody's buying it. I moved up to NAS devices because Drobo hasn't been available for years. You might, you know, I'm assuming a supply chain kind of thing. He's like, they work, but I'm afraid if it breaks, well, then how do you get your stuff? Which is absolutely true with these devices. If the oh, main, yeah. if the main box breaks, the, the five the, or the whatever, word, what you're looking for is backups. Uh huh. Your drives, even though you, you, if you could find another Drobo to put those drives in, you would get all your data back. If the actual device itself dies. It's not like you could just plug those drives individually into another you know, machine and grab the data off of it. You know, I would not be surprised if somebody hasn't written uh, a custom Linux driver that you can mount a Drobo drive just so you can get stuff off of it. 
individually. That would be nice. I don't, cause like, I, know I mean, it's probably open source and it probably also only works for drives with a, uh, you know, a, a file block size that's a multiple of 37 or something right. like that. But, you know, it, it it works and it functions and one person got it to work in their life and it's probably sitting on GitHub right now. But the you know, the Drobo does kind of what a RAID 5 install would do with a, a NAS, which is, hey, if one drive fails, you still have the ability to get all your data back. The Drobo oh, yeah. has the setting as well. Hey, if you want it to be two drives failing, we can do that as well. You just have less space that is usable. But this thing is relatively fast. I'm getting, you know, maybe up to 100 megabits per second in real time, being able to move stuff onto it. Because, again, it's plugged in directly via USB 3. And at first, I put in three drives that were in a NAS that failed. So these are three Western Digital Red drives. And I put them in, and it seemed like everything was working, except, like, every 15 minutes it would pause out. So if I was transferring something to it or from it, listening to music off of it, it would pause out and it would take a few seconds and the Drobo would fall off the, you know, out of the USB three chain. And then all of a sudden would reappear and start working again. And I'm like, Oh, well that's not good, but I'm assuming I a glitch. The, yeah. No, I'm assuming I pulled these drives out of a NAS <laughs> that was failing. And I thought I had gotten rid of the one drive that was actually the bad one. But I'm like, well, maybe one of these other things has a, a glitch. So I did something I've never done before. I went to eBay and I bought drives that are renewed, that are enterprise drives for like 50 bucks a piece for six terabyte drives and put five of those in there. And the same thing, like every 15 minutes, the thing was stalling out and I'm trying to figure this out and I'm looking because. You know, I've been doing this show long enough and just tinkering with stuff long enough that I'm looking in the Windows event viewer and nothing's really showing up. You know, that's not throwing any errors or anything. You know, I'm looking at all the diagnostics and then somewhere on one of the threads was like, well, maybe process monitor will catch it. And oh, my God, are there a lot of processes that run on a machine today? Yes. I'm yes. like, oh my God, like in one one hundredth of a second, there's like 18 things running. So, somewhere along the line, somewhere around Windows 7 or 8 or maybe, maybe 10, Microsoft came up with this notion that, uh, you know, we're, we're having to, it, it, at Microsoft, they absolutely hate trying to debug user issues. They really would prefer that users just don't have issues or if they do, just go, you know, suffer. Go away. Um, yes. and, and they found... The, the developers at Microsoft found themselves debugging way too often where a user had gone in and changed a setting or set up something in ways that that Microsoft didn't expect or. And they realized they stumbled onto the idea, and I think this is something Apple's known for a long time, that if you just hide all the settings and hide all the diagnostic information and hide all the processes and make it so that people can't use their computers then they'll stop trying and we'll stop having all these non-standard configurations. <laughs> and I feel like that was one of the philosophies behind Windows 10 is the user is a moron. So let's make sure to hold their hand and not let them do anything. That's quite possible. But once this was happening with these newer drives, these new renewed drives, I figured, okay, this isn't hardware. This has to be software. So I go into the process monitor. One and, of those usually. Uh huh. The one thing that seemed to pop out 
right at the time because I was transferring music files over to the device. So you would see I mean, it was relatively quick. Even the FLAC files would see like in the process monitor, this file, this file, this file, this file. And like right where it stopped when the thing went into its pause in freakout mode, there was some Dell fucking program. So I went into the ad Dell fucking program. In fact, I think that was the official name of it in the registry. It should have been because then I went into the ad removes program in windows, searched for Dell and everything that said Dell, I deleted it. The problem went away. (laughs) So thank you, Dell for this wonderful hardware. Were it so easy. Yes. That the, that all of us, you just can't have their software on it. Because it was doing something and I realized, you know, this was happening over and over again. But once I actually put a, uh, you know, basically put a stopwatch on it and it was like, this is every 15 minutes on the dot. It's like you knew something is running that there was a scheduled task. That uh was. Yeah. It's like, otherwise, it's just somebody really fucking with you. But I mean, somebody if if when I was screwing with people's computers often scheduled tasks were one of my favorite because if you go into the registry or you know the right incantation in powershell you can set scheduled tasks which are hidden and don't appear or which fold themselves up under one of the system tasks that nobody knows so even somebody who knows to look for scheduled tasks you have to be able to find the hidden ones or you have to be able to dig into the system ones which most people aren't willing to play with so that was when I wanted to mess with people, you know what? I'm not actually going to admit to anything anymore. No, well, unless there's a uh, the statute of limitations long gone on that one. Oh yeah, there. You know, if I went back, there are some amazing stories of of pranks played on coworkers. But I was I happy did. though that this actually then was working because the drobe. It's a nice little device for having a lot of storage locally. And the other thing is. The nice people over at Backblaze on their $5 a month plan, which I haven't signed up for yet. But one of the pluses is they will back up your computer and any USB drive plugged into it. Wow. Yes. So the, I, the you, 20, you'd be surprised just how much I can plug into my computer. Yeah. Well, this is a 20 terabyte USB drive basically now that I plugged in. So uh, Backblaze, that five bucks a month is going to come in going to come in very, you, you know, that's going to go up as soon as their VC <laughs> funds run out that that's not a sustainable business model. Probably not, <laughs> but it reminded me of, especially I think because these are 7,200 RPM enterprise drives that they make the noise that drives have always made that I missed with all these SSDs. I, I know I'm old, but it's a very calming noise when you start transferring files and hear the zzz, zzz, zzz going on. Oh yes. I do remember that one. I thought you meant the noise that says that the, the clattering noise that says, okay, I might need a new drive. No, well, that's bad. But so that's, I'm really, cause curious. I've heard drives make that noise too. I was curious to know how long these enterprise drives were going to last, especially that they were renewed, but they're like half price of buying anything. You know, if you want to go buy a normal consumer six terabyte drive, they're like, uh, you know, 120 bucks. So these for like 50 bucks a piece for enterprise drives, which are made to take a bunch of crap. I mean, I know they've been renewed, so who knows what's happened to them, but I was surprised. I mean, they came in, you know, sealed anti-static bags and everything else. Like they were actually manufacture uh, somehow renewed, whatever they do to renew 
a drive. I don't know, but they're working. So I'm happy with that for now. And just, just blow the dust off the top. Maybe tap it a little bit. Kind of. Cause enterprise drives are supposed to be fairly bulletproof. Yeah. They're also not really user serviceable, or at least so the sticker says. Yeah. So I don't know what they do when they get them yeah. and <laughs> renew them. Like you said, I, I mean, you know, maybe they just plug it into a machine, be like, well, it's spinning. It's making the noise. Right. <laughs> so one can send that one out. I was waiting because I ordered five of them on eBay. The same seller that was on Amazon was cheaper on eBay. And the more you bought. So if you bought two, there was a discount, three, even more, four, even more. I wanted five. So it was way cheaper to buy them on eBay. And I got nice. them in like three days. So it's like the, they were shipped really well. I'm like, wow, this isn't. This is nice. eBay actually working for once. While you were talking, I uh, I went ahead and did a lookup because uh, I, I remember having a device that was exactly like what you described. And I figured out somewhere downstairs, I still have a device that called an HP Media Smart, which was. Oh, my hell? God. They're landing on you. <laughs> I don't know what that was. That's a truck Big carrier truck. or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was a truck on the road. Oh, wow. That's like a plane going overhead. If that's a truck, man, we're on a dead end road here. So, um, so semi traffic is not common, (laughs) especially that, you know what? That big truck, which had a full on lorry trailer behind it is going to have a bitch of time. So expect in about 10 minutes, some beep, beep, because he's going to have to back his ass all the way down this road. Yeah. Good luck with that. (laughs) Um, I have probably downstairs somewhere an HP media smart device, which does a lot of the things that you, you were talking about where it has a bunch of drive bays and you can just pop drives in and out all you want. It ran a very, very short lived operating system, which I think was based on windows XP SP two called windows home server. Oh, might've been based on Vista. And, uh, you know, because I was drinking the Kool-Aid at the time and because I got massive discounts from being an employee there, I had picked one of these up and I think it lasted about a year where I stored everything I possibly could on it. And then one day it just decided, you know what? We're not going to boot anymore. Right. I said, well, I'm so glad I stored all that stuff. Now, the one advantage is that these drives were all formatted NTFS. So I could pop the drives out, put them in a computer and dig the stuff off. But it was a version of Windows that I think was only supported for, well, about that amount of time, about a year or two, where you, they wanted to be the, the home server that you could pop drives in and out, uses a NAS, uses a media server. If you remember uh, way back in the day, Microsoft wanted to be the leader in, in the Windows Media Center technology where they, you would plug a computer in and the computer would be the device that you watch TV on and, you right. know, you, stream anything or well back in the day it was when you stored movies on your hard drive and so you'd have really big hard drives that you just stream movies from and if you only had five movies then those are the only ones you'd ever want to watch because obviously you need to use the windows home server for this and, uh, same day as cable cards Man. oh god i hated those in the in the uh, tivo that was the biggest yeah. pain in the ass ever well the the windows media center edition also supported cable cards too so that you know, they had the TV tuner. Everything about it was very Windows, which was it was a beautiful, intuitive UI that would work 80 percent of the time. And then you click the wrong thing and a tiny little squinty Windows 2000 style error dialogue would pop up saying this program crashed and needs to restart or something like 
the entire illusion of this being your TV interface would just kind of fail when suddenly Windows would show through. Yes. But that's when Windows shows through, you know, you're in trouble. (laughs) I mean, because Linux works so well for all of this stuff now. And I really don't regret. It's the year of Linux on the desktop. It's always getting here. One of these years it will be. But it works really well on my Raspberry Pi 4, which I just threw on a Libra calc or something. It was it's a special version of their software that's only to run Cody. And it works really well for a little device. And it originally did you came, get Cody's consent for this? Yes. Yeah. Is definitely. he OK with that? He's perfectly fine being used. OK. And originally the little case that came with the Pi had one of these tiny fans on it which kind of annoyed me because from the beginning it's still and <laughs> yes. you know it's like oh my god does this really need it so the fan finally died so i just grabbed that took it off and the thing's not overheating so it's like and you know if you're just watching television you know streaming video i should say because it's not actually watching television but if you're streaming video and it's not overheating you're good that one of the first things that everybody who built a beige box ever figured out about computer cases is the higher, the larger the radius of your fan, the more air it can move for a given RPM and RPMs equal noise. So everybody was modding their cases like with, with the like 10 inch fan sitting in the side, pointing right at the motherboard and stuff like that. Like going very slowly, but it moves a lot of air. Exactly. But it's good. I like the technology and this, I like the Drobo again. I, I am a, a digital hoarder. So the Drobo works out really well rather than buying NAS after NAS. And this one, I wanted to do music on it, bring all the flack files that I can on here, especially when why doing would, the, why would anyone want to hoard music when you can just get a Spotify subscription? You have access to all the music in the world, right? No, it's not all the music in the world, <laughs> but I found that there is a serious problem and it may just be I, that I need like gigabit ethernet everywhere. Are you trying to tell me that Spotify doesn't have seven different bootleg versions of, of baggy trousers? It does not. I, that's one reason why it is no good. No bueno, Spotify, no bueno. But I've noticed when trying to play music off a NAS device, if that device has basically gone into standby mode or something else is trying to happen on the network, there are interruptions. So, Having a device that I can have, you know, 20 terabytes, which is directly into a USB port, that is much better. I was just testing. See, I always that just upgraded my whole net internal network to gigabit and said, I don't, there will be no network interruptions. Piss off. I need to see if that would actually help. I'm not sure if the devices just kind of go into a sleep mode. One of the big problems is trying to read the files on the network, which you would think would be really quick. And I don't know. To be fair, what kind of caching things like the uh, QNAP do when you're pulling up a file? Like if I want to pull up this live music directory here, I just hit that and it just started telling me it's reading the folder and it's reading the folder. And well, I wouldn't you know be surprised if, if the drive spins down while it's not being used. Most most all computers, you know, the the eco green movement came to computing back in the 90s and has been around ever since when. It suddenly became a priority. We need to make sure that we reduce the stability of the system enough that, well, I I don't think that was the goal, but. It is still reading the folder. So, I mean, this, if you were doing a live show right now and you were trying to find a track, it is still reading 
the folder to give me the uh, the list to give me the list. So something's not caching. And that would be my guess that it's either not caching or it doesn't cache. Uh, I don't know what it would normally have to do to know what was different from the last time it looked at this. Okay, it finally showed up. Now, if I do a select all, this should tell me uh, how many things are actually in uh, in here. Although it doesn't really give me that. Yeah. Uh, on oh, this here. computer, I have I have I have two big storage drives, and one is a, a terabyte SSD, and one is a two terabyte spindle drive. And uh, I can always tell, you know, I've got of course my directories. They're not just you know they're drives D and E, but that's not how I map them. I map folders back and forth to my main one, to, and I can always tell when I'm accessing something on the spindle drive because there's a about a five second delay before the Explorer window populates or before you know, it loads the file or whatever. And that's, it's spinning the spindle drive back up because it shut it off. Right. And it's like, okay, now I need to get powered back on. Got to see what's going on. And this particular drive, this particular share on the NAS device, it lists a folder for every bootleg concert that's on here. And right now there are uh, 6,700 folders. So it's taking it a while Okay. So, it doesn't matter what you're doing that, that much, that many files. Yes. Six, I remember, I remember talking to, to a developer once about uh, a windows Explorer said, uh, you know, we noticed that Explorer is not really good. Yeah. But it, when, when testing, you generate a lot of log files. And when I say a lot, I don't mean a, a, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand. I mean, I mean, hundreds of thousands. And I remember saying, you know, Explorer is really not very quick when opening up one of these things. All I'm doing is listing file names. It should be quicker than that. Well, said, well, we really optimize Explorer for a folder of about 500 files. And if there's more than that, then we start having to memory cache because it loads the whole list of files in. And then in it loads up all of the metadata, everything that you could possibly display in Explorer in the properties panel. It loads all that into memory. And when you have a hundred thousand files and you have to read the name and you have to read the data streams and you have to read the, the file times and flags and, you know, and open the file to crack open, to read the header to, you know, if, if it's a hundred thousand images, oh, you're screwed because it has to build thumbnail and Explorer is doing all this. And when it's 500 Explorer is nice and snappy. And they said, well, we just don't really bother worrying about any folder more than a thousand files because people should be using subdirectories. Uh huh. Like, thanks for that. That's not how it works. And I, I think this could be a show title from Sir Omaha. Cashless Society, but C-A-C-A-G. I love that one. I read that one and I was about to interrupt and went, no, no, Darren doesn't need that interrupted. Well, and it goes right along with them. We just, I guess, have to mention since it was episode, what, two of Grumpy Old Ben's Cashless or three. I want to say three, but but that's only to be contrary. And uh, now Starbucks going cashless in October, I think it is. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Like, like I needed another reason to avoid their burnt ass coffee. I just want to know how this is legal, because I think we talked about that there were attorney generals or attorneys general looking at MLB for the, hey, you, you're not taking cash at the ballpark. What is he going to do? They can't get a coffee. Yeah, well, I was in Boston. I definitely remember complaining about the not taking cash at the ballpark. Yeah, there was uh, the attorney general in Boston was looking at this because they were not happy. About- it was about five years ago that Amazon started with their their app only stores. 
And that, that I think kind of tipped off the cashless thing. Because they didn't want any employees. It's like, just walk in, take whatever you want. And now they just do do that everywhere. Yeah. In in Seattle and in San Francisco, people do that anyway. Yeah. It's a brand new way of shopping. Amazon is the first one that that's okay. It's like, what? My app's not working. I I don't honestly know if it's legal. I mean, I, I imagine there's probably not a law that says you aren't, you must take cash for things. Because it's still a private business and there's the whole, you know, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. And and if that's still the case, then they can say, well, you know, I'm only willing to engage in a transaction if it also logs your name and all your personal data into this database. It's kind of like Costco with with the, you know, you can't have a transaction unless you have a, a membership card that can log you into a database. I mean, at some point, somewhere along the line stores develop the ability to say uh we don't want to transact with you unless it's on our terms and people kind of lots of people go to costco even even the red pillars that i know today the kind of people who are all about privacy are still jumping in going yeah but costco has those really good muffins or something i don't know yeah i'm the only person i know that doesn't have a costco account you know we've had one for years but it has gotten uh less and less useful when uh, one Amazon is a big reason for this because it used to be, I mean, I remember buying a Dell desktop from Costco years ago. This may be only going back five or six years, but cold acid says it's the hot dogs. Well, the hot dogs that, are that delicious. might actually be there, especially if the hot dogs are still a buck 50, then yes. Although I heard they were going, the price was going up on that. About the um, last the time I was that- in one, they were they were shying away from the free sauerkraut with the hot dogs. And to that, yeah, I was the like, sauerkraut. no, sir. Well, okay. So the, yeah, the last couple of times I was in the sauerkraut was no longer out. So I guess it's been a long time since I've frequented Costco, but the last time I visited there, I think with my brother, the sauerkraut was no longer out near the condiments, the, the onion, the, the little hand crank thing that pumped out onions that were kind of rancid. Well, they've yeah, been sitting because there all who day. knows how long they've been sitting. I mean, day, it could be, but, more. but sauerkraut was in a fridge in pre-prepared. You just had to ask for it before yes. in your little plastic container, which was, I'm sure bad for the environment. Of course. But, but you, you know, you could drink the sauerkraut with a plastic straw, which was even worse. But and those okay. hot dogs are so good and they're so bad for you. But I wanted to respond to cold acid. I don't know how it is at your Costco. At my Costco near here, the uh, the cantina, the place that sells those, is actually faces the outside of the building, which means you don't have to go through the the Nazi bag check, you know, papers, please, or whatever they to scan your card, whatever it is. Show you me don't need to do that dog? in order to get the hot dog. So I actually, even after I quit my Costco membership, it was on my way home from work and I was like, I'm really hungry. I'm like, okay, I'll just stop in for one of their dogs. Yeah. They do course, not check your membership card at the, uh, at not the, at the cantina. No, at least not now, if you have I to go there. through airport security in order to get to the cantina, then I guess your Costco is backward, but yeah, ours, you don't, cause you're going in basically to the desk where you could buy a membership or return something and they don't check your card going in because that's an exit. Which is always weird, but oh yeah, that gets you. My into wife the- absolutely hates it. This this might be the reason why we quit Costco. My wife hates it so much when they're like, "Can I check your receipt?" No, and I keep walking. Don't even slow down. 
You see now, at, at Costco, they actually can, if, if you keep it up, if you, you know, they really notice they can revoke your membership, which is a real thing, but you go to somewhere like Best Buy and they would check your receipt. I'd be like, no, no, no thank thanks. You. I'm good. I'm going to hurry. Just, just don't even slow down. Well, see, I don't mind because it only takes like 10 seconds on the way out. What is way more annoying to me at the Costco experience is the samples here, samples. And then like 8,000 people are at the, uh, like trying to get a one twentieth of a hot dog and blocking the aisle. And see, when I was, when I was younger and poorer, I actually used to go there for a meal. Like I just get a sample. I mean, sample you'd, you'd have to visit, you'd have to visit all 37 sample carts in order to get a full meal worth, but you were, you were satiated by the end. Or yeah, if you didn't have the runs, I mean, that would be the- <laughs> that was always a trick. Somewhere along the line, I realized that the things that they were free sampling weren't always the healthiest. Yeah, there's a reason why a lot of those are on the free sample list. There's, there's a reason why they need more marketing. They're trying to push those mofos right out. I said it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago. That oh, were we done? On, were we done with Starbucks? I, well, we could or may or may not be. I mean, if you want to. I don't know. I, was, more. was there more ranting to do? Well, the uh, cashless thing, but I was just going to say at Costco, the guys from Breaking Bad were there selling their tequila. Now, I, I can't remember the two actors' names. I should, but. Uh, okay. The two leads from Breaking oh, Bad. Uh, Aaron Paul and. Um, uh, the old guy. Everybody loves Raymond. No, not, not that guy. The other guy. Um, <laughs> Cranston. Yes. Brian Cranston. Cranston. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Troll room. One and all. That's what we have you there for, that they were just like randomly there offering up samples of their tequila and they just had like normal Costco name tags. I wonder how many people walked by them and had no idea that they were actors. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. That's your tequila brand. You're out there doing the thing. You're trying well, to, you get- know, maybe the people hawking are always actors. They're just not very well paid ones. No, oh, that's true. This- that is true. Um, but according to WUSA 9, which is a CBS affiliate somewhere, when it comes to is it legal to ban cash from a business, it says it depends where the business is located. There is no federal law prohibiting it, but there are local laws in many states and cities which mandate businesses must accept cash. So it depends where you that are. That sounds right. Now, if any Starbucks is in an area that says, fuck you, you have to take cash and they try to go cashless, then they'll get their asses handed to them in some way shape or form i i have a piece of paper in front of me uh the the paper is green and it has uh the number 20 all over it and i want to read you something it says this note is legal tender for all debts public and private yeah so that that feels like something that should be more enforceable it would feel like hey if i want to give this to you you should have to take it And you know what? If you want to give it to me, okay, I'll take it. You're like, send it. Yeah. I mean, send the whole box of cash. That's fine. I think the trick, though, if if I may put on my amateur lawyer hat, and there's a reason I never studied law, it's because I have no respect for it. But I think, uh, you know, the, the note is legal tender for debts. But if a store instead says, I'm not going to enter a transaction, then no debt has been incurred because a debt can only happen after there's a transaction and an outstanding payment that hasn't been made yet. And I think saying, you know, we're only going to enter a transaction and, you know, this is running against my, my, or, you know, my urge to say everybody should take cash is running against my urge to say, yeah, but people should also not be restricted and should be free to do what the hell they want. Like, 
like if if you're a bake if you're a, a Christian baker, you shouldn't necessarily have to build a cake with a penis on it for a gay couple if you don't want to. But that is you should you know a, a business owner can decide they do not want to enter into a transaction under any you know, terms that are pretty much that really nobody should ever be required to enter a transaction against their will period which means that if there's anything in the terms that you don't like and I, i'm coming out against in favor of the cashless society and i really hate this but <laughs> if a business owner doesn't like the terms of an, a transaction of a contract they should not be required to enter into it and so walking up to somebody at starbucks and saying waving a $20 bill and saying, give me a coffee. It's not about how much they cost in 2022. And, you know, it, it's saying that they should be legally required to give you your coffee and take your money does not feel right to me. So I guess I hate to do this because I really think the cashless society is, is a problem, but I think it's Starbucks right to say, we don't want to enter into any transaction that involves cash. Yeah, I don't of course, disagree. The flip side of that, of course, is that it's my right to say Starbucks has shitty coffee and I don't want any. Right. Progo says you're arguing with yourself, which just makes the show a lot easier for me. I, yeah. I just go, mm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm, yeah. Uh, but as I think I talked about not too long ago, one of the Mexican restaurants we start going to here that's cash only. And I'm like, well, see, this is a place I want to go. But I, if they want to go cash list, that's fine too. Then you get to decide whether you want to do business with them and that's where you let the market bear what it will. And I, I don't know how I'm sure the IRS must love places that are, are you know, restaurants are like, no, we're cash only. You have to, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a reason why restaurants love cash yeah. and I'm not saying they're doing it at the end of here. the year, at the end of the year, how much did you make last year? Um, $599. Yes. That's, that's all our receipts say. Mm-hmm. So, you know how it is. You got to be careful. You got to be careful, but I get it. They want to trace everybody. That's the, the one thing a lot of people miss. And I'm sure on that early episode of grumpy old Ben's, we beat this dead horse a lot. So people should go back and listen to that. But the cash was as long as the horse has something solid to connect with the bat, I'm going to continue beating. Uh huh. Because it's not about convenience. It's about tracking. And if you you have an argument, even more than tracking. Even more than tracking, and don't don't get me wrong, I don't like being tracked, but giving somebody the ability to turn your money off is selling yourself into slavery. I mean, there's a difference in degree, and that might have been a little hyperbole, but it is effectively what's going on is if you allow somebody the power to remove, you know, to flip a switch in a database and remove you from functioning society, then you're you're that person's surf. Well, because I have known people, my mom's uh, cousin who passed away a few years ago was somebody who did not like having credit cards. So when you want to go buy coffee, if you don't have a credit card, well, what do you do? Then, you know, you're being, then you forced- find somebody who gives you better coffee for than Starbucks. For- right. Because it's like, well, you need a credit card or you need their app, which you actually need a credit card to fill. So I believe there's that catch 22. I don't believe there's any way to get Starbucks cash and have that turn into credit on their app. Even if you really did want to do business with them, it comes down to you need a credit or debit card in order to fill up the app 
if you or, want to or, use you know, I mean, a stolen one should work, though. Yes. Well, stolen ones are a much better way to go if you can. Uh, and, and if everybody that. has to be whipping out their cards while they're at Starbucks, then it should be easy enough to just, you know, swipe one. Actually, you don't even need to bother with the physical one because everybody has their phones at Starbucks and they're really just using Apple Pay or whatever for NFTs. And what that means is that if you can use one of the many, many techniques to get malware onto their phone, which, you know, we report on on uh, places like Angry Tech News every couple of weeks or month, then you you get unlimited payments. Uh, sorry, well, that, that, there, I, you just made me think of of a, a technique that was involving Samsung Pay that would allow you if you to do a replay attack. It like if you just happen to have a phone standing there recording the transaction of somebody in front of you buying coffee, then you could replay that attack as many as you want, pay, you know, buy as many coffees as you want on their card. Well, that's inconvenient for the original person. Uh, Yeah, but they could have been using cash. Well, no, not if it was cashless. I think that the solution to this Starbucks thing is ultimately going to lie in the free market, which is that the people who, well, the people who want Starbucks, first of all, you have no taste. But if you don't want to put up with Starbucks's business policies, then you go elsewhere. And, you know, I say this from a position of privilege, of course, because in Seattle, if you don't like the service at Starbucks, you can always go to the Starbucks across the street or the one on the next block or the one across from that or the one on the third floor instead of the one at the Starbucks on the second floor. And if you don't like Starbucks at all, then in between every Starbucks, there's an independent shop. Sometimes it's Seattle Best. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, a mom and pop store. There's like every storefront is a coffee shop in Seattle. So I understand I'm talking from a position of privilege, but I'm just saying coffee shops are Starbucks isn't the only one out there. Now, if Starbucks, along with the we were going cashless announcement, if they would have said, you can now top up your app using the lightning. Well, then, <laughs> you know, I might even use lightning with Starbucks. Yeah, I'd be all in. I mean, that's I, what I want. I still don't. I mean, they've got to have something that's palatable that isn't their awful house blend. Well, but that's how it all gets to taste exactly the same, no matter where you go. Well, the, I, I know I've told this before, but the way that Starbucks makes everything taste exactly the same is Starbucks, it, it, it's their brand. You go into any Starbucks anywhere in the world and you want a cup of coffee that tastes exactly like every other Starbucks you have. That's Which is part tough of the branding. Do. It's part of the marketing, you know, regardless of whether you like it or not. One of the things that Starbucks spends a whole lot of chemistry on is trying to make sure that every cup of coffee sold in any Starbucks anywhere around the world tastes exactly the same as every other one. That's the point. But there's... Two things that go into how a cup of coffee tastes. The first one is the bean and the second is the roast. And you can't always, when you're buying in bulk, you can't always control the bean. So the only thing you can really control is the roast. Well, I've roasted coffee before. And the way that you control which of those is more important is if you do a light roast, then the bean profile is the only thing you can taste. It's a really important one. And if you do a dark roast, then the only profile you can taste is the roast itself. In particular, if you do it dark enough, the only thing anyone can taste is charcoal. But so Starbucks needs to control that every cup of coffee tastes exactly the same. 
and they can't control where they get all their beans from. There just aren't enough beans in the world that are all identical. So they make their house blend a dark roast that they can control exactly the roast profile on it. And the result is, you know, they, and it's it, it, like it's dark bordering on a city roast, if you know what that is. Um, and also, I might not know what that is because anyway, because it's dark. It's very dark. And it is the reason why it tastes kind of burned is because they make their roast very, very dark so that they can have consistency in their house blend. Now, there is one other way that Starbucks Starbucks makes sure that everything that they sell tastes exactly the same. And that is that they make it about 85% sugar by volume because <laughs> sugar tastes the same, no matter what happens the moment that you overload your sugar receptors. And it's really the only thing I ever get at Starbucks. And I know they're garbage drinks, but the Frappuccinos, which I like, a, you know, an espresso Frappuccino, even without tons and tons and tons of sugar, there's enough in there that it, it's, it, it's okay. I can make it at home better. But uh, if you're out, I'm kind of a quick. fan of their nitro cold brew. I've not tried that. I, I I find it to be quite palatable, but it's also seasonal. At least it was. Maybe they, you know, it's it's popular, so maybe they'll make it a permanent thing. I don't know. I haven't been into a Starbucks in quite a while. When I want coffee, they, I, we've got a local coffee stand where you know the owner is. Uh, I know where he lives. He's about six blocks away. And, that you know, sounds very interesting. Like you better make this coffee. Well, I know where you live. Well, that I, I don't usually threaten him with that. It's just that I've had chats with him. Although the funny thing is he's not usually the one who sells the coffee. He figured out real early that uh, the, the really pretty co-eds sell better co- or sell more coffee than his ass does. Really okay. amazing. How yeah. they probably get better tips too. Yes, they, they, they do have better tips. No, I mean, they get better tips. They get That's boosted. what I said. They get boosted. <laughs> they, some of them are, I think. Probably, yes. There's been work done, maybe. But that's okay. You, you, you got to do what you got to do. Unlike the nice folks over at LastPass, do you, you don't use oh. LastPass, do you? I, I, I don't currently use. I have in the past. And uh, you're, you're stepping on an angry tech news story. But given that I haven't recorded it yet, I think, <laughs> you know, go ahead. Let's well, this go. one had to be. I mean, we've talked a lot about the password management angle and why everybody should be using something like this, because the alternative is people use the same password for everything. And that's really dumb. Yeah, that, that that's not ideal, considering that it every single week. There's another big story about these people got hacked. These people got hacked. These people, you know, you should always use a password manager because they hardly ever get hacked. Yes, except when they do. This <laughs> is, is the case here with uh, password management firm LastPass. According to Bleeping Computer and others, they were hacked two weeks ago, enabling threat actors, it says, to steal the company's source code and proprietary technical information now they're trying to downplay this and say well no customer data has been blah 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 well yeah the source code was was stolen the the user database is was not so i'm i'm honestly if you use LastPass, this is not the this is not the incident that should cause you to lose faith in LastPass. not entirely yet but i mean i, I mean you have to wonder code. if there was like a back yeah. door in the source code then if uh, well if if there is, then I'm glad it got stolen because hopefully it'll go open source and we'll find it sooner. The thing that uh, one one of the reasons why I haven't been entirely trusting of LastPass 
is the amount of proprietary software they have. Now, the 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 password manager itself, I think, is I don't I don't remember on. I, but yeah, I, I I use KeePass, which is fully open source, which means that I can read the source and I can even build my own if I want. But I, I, yeah, I've tried that and it's such a pain in the ass. I go to a completely proprietary software that I've been using, which is not uh, LastPass. Thank goodness. But the uh, the thing that jumped out to me in this article from Bleeping Computer was LastPass is one of the largest password management companies in the world, claiming to be used by over 33 million 33. people. <laughs> over 33 people. Uh, over Well, yeah, the 33 million <laughs> is slightly over 33, too. But yes, that number popping up, I'm like, oh, that wait, is there something more to so- this? What do we need to know? So here's here's a a rundown of what uh, what was in my ATN notes for this particular story. And that is uh, they got hacked. uh, They lost source code. um, They did not lose the user databases in this one. Although if you're concerned about the user database, the last time they got hacked, which I want to say was 2019, they did, in fact, lose a large chunk of their encrypted user databases. Now. If you are using LastPass and you feel like, oh, no, all of my passwords are compromised. First of all, they probably haven't been um, the even when an encry- the encrypted database goes out the way that this particular password manager and honestly, any password, any cloud password manager worth its salt works is they store in the cloud the encrypted database of all of your passwords, but it being encrypted. If even if that data gets out, they don't have your password, not unless they can decrypt it. Now, how do you decrypt it? By entering your master password. That's how LastPass works. That's how most of them work. And, uh, you know, my brother was telling me he uses one called Nord, which I think actually comes from the VPN company. Yeah, they offer that now. And uh, he's very happy with it and says, well, you know, they they let me use it on the database on any device, but I have to use my master password to log in. Well, that's yeah, that's how it works now. If you happen to use the same, the master password for your password database is the same one that you use on some other website and that website gets hacked. Well, congratulations, you're kind of screwed, especially, you know, once the password databases get breached. But if you use a unique master password for your password manager, then every scrap of data that LastPass has could get pushed out onto the dark web and your passwords are still not compromised as long as you still have your master. So. I don't worry too much. Now, here's where you should be worried about LastPass, and that is they got hacked. Right, which is a bad Twice sign. at least, which means you can be concerned about their information security and wonder, you know, at what point, okay, if their security is lax enough to get hacked twice, then, um, you know, are there bugs in the software that might allow the password to get out? And, and that's a legitimate concern. And I think that if they... If they're worth their engineering salt, then all of their engineers are working 90 hour weeks trying to figure out, you know, how do we make this stop happening? Well, maybe all of these nice hackers will find in the source code the problems and let them know. Maybe it, it would be, you know, the, the problem is that the way they usually let them know is more hacks. Right. By <laughs> all of your data showing up uh, on a website somewhere. But I thought that was interesting. The. Uh, the whole the whole concept of security. This was another big push, which I still don't know how I feel about this for 
having the two-factor authentication. And we all know that SMS two-factor authentication when they text you something is bullshit. Because if somebody well, oh, has no. your device, you know, there's that. I'm I'm actually starting to think, by the way, that SMS authentication is worse than not having two factor. I agree, which is kind of funny because it's one, it's a pain in the ass and two, it's not secure at all. So there's that. Well, it's, it's not just like obviously using bad security as a second factor is arguably better than not having a second factor at all. But I'm not even sure that's the case. I think that that there are scenarios where using SMS can compromise you in ways that if you don't have the SMS authentication, then you don't, I don't know. Yes. And there are different authenticator apps you can use. I'm not sold on those. I think the best thing is still the YubiKey, the actual hardware key that you can plug in. There are problems, of course, with that, if you lose that. And I'm still not 100% sure just how trackable the YubiKeys make you. If you're really doing this for security that's great but you also have to wonder about the privacy which is if you use the same physical YubiKey across you know two or three different proton mail accounts or google accounts can they see that it's the same hardware are you key? talking fingerprinting correct huh wouldn't yeah. it, i mean i wouldn't have thought of that but it, i i guess i wouldn't be that surprised you know, somewhere along the line you've got to trust someone no <laughs> Well, okay, you're right. You're right. In an ideal world, no, you do. You shouldn't have to trust anyone. And 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 that assumption, by the way, the you shouldn't have to trust anyone is what uh, things like Lightning Network are built on. Right. Progo says probably not. And that would be my guess just due to the way they're doing the randomized keys and all of that. But I'm, I've never seen anybody really look into that. Uh, but when it comes to privacy, there was another article that caught my eye this morning and I signed up and tried this out. but. DuckDuckGo now has, well, they're calling it a privacy-focused email service, and it is an email service. It is not an email account. It is strictly a forwarder. Okay. Now, one it, of the it, things- It might also be a forwarder and copier and, and filtering and censoring, but- Well, yes, of course, because that's what you want when you sign up for this, to get rid of all trackers yeah. and stuff like that, allegedly. When when you sign up for DuckDuckGo, I mean they're they're synonymous with censoring what you can see to make sure that it's safe. Yeah, this like, is yeah, this is one of the things we talked about. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> let me see what this is because I was kind of I was kind of curious, and so I just did the greatest thing ever when it comes to privacy and security, which is I got a DuckDuckGo email account and forwarded it to a Gmail account because there's nothing <laughs> that's better. And then. And then to test the filtering, you just take anything that you've received from Sir Gene. Right. And see if that goes through or not. And see if it goes, because if it doesn't go through, then their, their Ukraine filtering is. <laughs> and it's top notch stuff, <laughs> which I'm like, okay, this is, you know, interesting. It's another way to hide your email address. Cause you know, they, the email goes to Darren O'Neill at duck.com, which I think that is kind of a funny email address. They got duck.com. Yes. I, that. That's the kind of thing that would have gone for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars back in the nineties, back when, you know, a three or four letter dot com was. Yes. I don't know if anyone cares now. We're over. Well, yeah, because there's so many different extensions out there now. The one thing I did not like, you know, there were probably a few things, but the main thing was if you wanted to sign up for this, you had to download a browser add on or download an app for your phone. So there's that. I did. Nope. I, I put it on a browser add-on here on uh, Brave, and then took it right off. Now, I 
I have, I have in the past been guilty of downloading apps just to test out things, but uh, I have an Android emulator Ooh, that I use for that. That's a better idea. Go, go get the Android dev tools and just put up an emulator. You can install all the apps you want on that. The one thing I like that they offer that I wish something like Proton Mail would offer is you at any time can generate a bullshit email address that will be tied to your account, but used as like a spam. So if you're signing up for a newsletter, you know, you're signing up for the no agenda newsletter, it'll just give you an email address to use for that. It'll come to your account, but it's going to an address that isn't your main address. I thought that was you really know, cool. That That is a very cool service. And uh, I, you know, you just reminded me of something that I noticed a few days ago and for, didn't write up as a story, but, um, are you familiar with the service called Mailinator? Mailinator. It sounds familiar, but I don't remember. I'm not so, thinking of what this is. Here is what this service was for a very long time. Um, you send, you, you do something, sign up for something, whatever, and trigger an email to be sent to something at mailinator.com. And it didn't matter what it was. It could be, you know, your, your mom's house dot mailinator.com. Didn't matter. What would happen is any email that came in to their servers, they would store for seven days or so. And you had a web interface where you would say, I want to check your mom sucks at mailinator.com. And they would show you every email that came into that address in the last seven days. And they'd, of course, purge. And uh, yeah, okay, whatever. There, there might be spam or whatever. But the idea was it was truly a throwaway email address. I just want a valid destination for email. You do type anything you want here at mailinator.com. It would show up. You'd use the web interface and say, what emails came in for that? You would get the confirmation code out of that. And then you'd sign up for your forum or whatever, and you'd be done. If you were never going to use the mail again, it was perfect. Well, except for every, the way almost everything works now is to continue using this service, please verify your email. Yeah. And, and you can theoretically go back to the service and do it again. Right. I mean, it, but the idea was it was a totally non-trackable because there was no account. There was no signing up for anything. There wasn't even, they weren't even persistent accounts. It was mail comes in for blah at mailinator.com. And then you check and say, did something come in for blah? Right. It was perfect. There were two, there are two problems with it. The first one occurred for quite a while. And that is, uh, uh, people who, uh, well, people who did not have great intentions would start to use it to, um, do terrible things, spam accounts at sites. It became a source of bot accounts. And the result was that, uh, block lists started going around at, uh, at website admins who were allowing that would say, you are not allowed to create an account with this extension. Now, Melanator worked out around that by they would start to register dozens or even hundreds of domains right, that could be used uh, attached to the same service, even to the point where they would say, if you want to register a domain and drop it in here, just point the MX record at our server and you will know, we'll do the rest. And suddenly it becomes attached to their domain. And then when you say, I want a random email. They would randomly choose you one of the domains, but they never gave you a list because they didn't want to provide access to people with the block list. Right. Which makes sense. 
That was their way around that, which meant that with new domains coming on and going offline all the time, the block lists could not keep up and therefore you could still have your anonymous email. But the only reason I mention that is because I've gone in now and uh, I go to their page and instead of checking their inbox and instead of having the round robin of domain names, they advertise email and SMS workflow testing with uh, pricing support and a get free trial and login at the top. So the days of the fun are over. So their anonymous service is gone. They've pivoted and turned it into a Silicon Valley business of some kind. They now talk about email receipt testing, load testing, and yeah, um, they say they still offer a free disposable email system, but the only one they offer is at mailinator.com, which if, if you are adminning a PHP BB or whatever, and you, well, hell you yeah, know, require you an email for that. accounts, of you course. would block that in an instant. Cause you're like, you know, it's not a real person at that address or not a legitimate so, address. I look forward to reporting on the replacement for this because it's not, uh, you know, the concept was kind of novel. Well, 10, 15 years ago when it started, but it can't be that difficult to, to code up. The real problem is, is making sure you've got your infrastructure in place and probably getting around all of the, the bullshit around email services these days. But I'm just disappointed. Mailinator is, is not really Mailinator anymore. Well, the problem is a lot of these government agencies that are looking for data. I mean, this kind of rolls right into an article that was on the uh, the CyberScoop website. I think I found this off of uh, DSLReports.com because I am not a regular CyberScoop reader. But uh, the headline on this one says almost everything you need to know, which is most top mobile carriers are retaining geolocation data for two years on average in FCC finding shows. Which I think, again, we've railed on this before. I think everybody. That's like 23 months too long. Yeah. People need to be aware. Maybe 24 months too long. Yeah. Depending on. I understand that the phone company may need some data to troubleshoot a problem and they you give them a small buffer around your phone. But yeah, two years later, the only reason they're keeping your data is because the uh, feds might come back and want it. Yeah. Yeah. And go, okay, tell me where this phone was, which even if your GPS is off, surprise, they just are using the data from the towers and they are triangulating yeah. that. Yeah, he, even if your GPS is off, they know where the towers are. So you connected to tower, you know, 70133 at this time. Well, we know that that one is in this area. This, yeah. I guess they sent out a questionnaire to the carrier. Some didn't answer, which I'm not surprised by. It says uh, AT&T Best Buy Health, which I was unaware that there was a uh, a mobile provider called Best Buy Health. Uh, Charter Comcast. I, having been to Best Buy, I'm not sure that I trust anything that healthcare related with them. Uh-huh. Consumer Cellular, C Spire, Dish Network, Google Fi, H2O Wireless. Mint Mobile, Red Pocket, T-Mobile, U.S. Cellular, and Verizon did respond to the inquiry. And uh, the most troubling thing, I think, was, quote, the responses also provided a window into data retention practices, 
which range from two months to five years for cellular tower data for the responding companies were only seven of the companies explicitly mentioned protecting this data with encryption. So <laughs> not only is this data being saved for years, it's somewhere sitting in an unencrypted database. I mean, if you've ever heard the word security, then encryption is like baseline tier one. First thing you do. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, as if I needed another reason not to trust cell phones. I know. Although I'm still really happy with Xfinity for lowering the price of my internet by like 35 bucks or 40 bucks a month. Cause I added another free phone to my Xfinity line. I made the mistake of talking with somebody who uh, does sales at Xfinity. And um, then I talked to my wife and, and apparently there was a sale going on and um, I'm informed that I have a new phone coming in and I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, now I have to break it in. Got to jailbreak a new one. What the hell? You're getting a six, a 6A pixel. That was the free one. Not long. I, ago. You know, it, I, I did a lot of research and what I determined. Well, first of all, I never want a pixel with the, the base OS on it because it, too much google um i understand that there's probably less anus wear than samsung which is the phone i'm getting but uh if i get a pixel it's because i want to put graphene on it and uh i dug around and i was not able to find a single person who was ever able to get graphene working with xfinity mobile yeah that's the trick and i don't know why uh, because they're just a real problem xfinity xfinity uses cdma which apparently Graphene, the developers have decided that, eh, screw CDMA. Nobody likes that. GSM is the future, despite the fact that both of those protocols have pretty much gone away when, you know, LTE and 5G are supposed to replace them. But uh, I guess they're still the fallback. Hey, well, at least you're getting a new phone you won't use. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll probably continue using the old one for uh, my podcast player for a very, very simple reason. My old 2017 Samsung Galaxy S8 has a headphone jack. Yeah. <laughs> I have the whatever this thing was. I don't remember what the Samsung was. Maybe it was an S10 or something. But it has a headphone jack. I like it. It's We've had it for three or four years, but, so that's about right. And I don't see any reason to change. Well, I, I was poking through their site, and I determined that there is absolutely nothing that Xfinity is selling right now that has a headphone jack. Like, really? So... All of these ear pods that I have, just screw them. <laughs> yeah, or I mean, I or earbuds. still use them in the car, and I don't like using the Bluetooth bullshit, so I want to be able yeah. to plug it directly in. I, I have a car from uh, more than 20 years ago. It doesn't have Bluetooth bullshit. You know what it has? It has a cassette tape player with a wire hanging out of yes. it that has a 3.5 millimeter jack on it. That's how I play tunes in the car. Exactly what we're using in the old Buick we have. We're rolling, this, man. No, well, this one literally is an old Buick. This is okay. Perfect. This is an old Buick Lesabre, man. That thing drives like the wind. It still drives great. It's just the technology's a little dated. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's like I don't. I don't get it. Stop forcing this stuff down. Yeah, I just I. Let me plug in a, a pair of headphones. Like if I've spent a lot of money in headphones, I'm a little annoyed that they're like, yeah, yeah, sorry. You can't use them ever again. Right. You can uh, buy okay. an adapter that will make your headphones sound like crap, but at least you'll buy. be able to get it wirelessly. Yeah. And if, if the, if Apple makes the adapter, they were the first ones to drop the headphone jack, then it would be a $75 adapter. I'm sure the, uh, 
I, I got a thing to plug in stuff to the Apple and you can buy them aftermarket, you know, that aren't the Apple brand for like 10 bucks. So it's not horrible, but still you shouldn't have to go out and buy something in order to plug headphones into it. Pfeiffer says 2000s Buick sedans will survive the apocalypse. And um, hoping. I, you know, I think mine is doing it pretty damn well right now. It drives really well. I don't even know what it year. drives really well. And there's an apocalypse going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, the, the, I did bring a story today. Oh, yay. And, and it has to do with cars. Cars. Sort of. Um, I, I, I ran across this. It was an article in the Gateway Pundit about how California's new insane vehicle requirements are going to apply to Virginia. And, uh, you know, it was all about Virginia and how the when the Democrats controlled Virginia in 2021, they passed a law that basically says, you know, whatever California says, those are going to be restrictions in Virginia, too. Whoa, uh, wait, they tied themselves to fucking loony bit yes. California. That's and like, and I wanted to know what cars? was going on here. And so I dug in and it's scary. Um, yeah. And by the way, the the conclusion to the Virginia thing is the Republicans in Virginia tried to repeal it in 2022, but, quote, were unsuccessful. And Gateway Pundit didn't elaborate on what exactly that meant. I'm guessing that there was politicking going on, possibly some rhinos or maybe uh, maybe payoffs. I don't know. But uh, Governor Youngkin has now vowed to uh, fix the problem, whatever the hell that means. Uh, story is developing. But uh, what I determined uh, actually happened to trigger this Virginia story is uh, one from the New York Times where they said, and I'll just give you the New York Times one paragraph because that's all you need. California on Thursday is expected to put into effect its sweeping plan to prohibit the sale of new gasoline-powered cars by 2035, a groundbreaking move that could have major effects on the effort to fight climate change and accelerate a global transition toward electric vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's all. You know what? I'm no more New York Times for you. Um, what actually happened is, uh, first of all, um, California has a federal waiver and uh, this waiver goes back, uh, decades. I don't remember exactly how long, probably to Carter or Carter or Ford or, you know, back when the environmental agency started becoming a real thing. And, uh, California already had environmental laws on the books when the EPA became a federal agency and, they whined a lot saying, well, we can't have the EPA setting all of our requirements because we set requirements. You know, we restrict our, we screw over our, our population, our citizens. So we can't have the eight. So the California got a waiver. So it is the only state in the union, which is allowed to set restrictions, environmental restrictions that are more strict than the federal ones. And They've used this a lot. It's the, the reason why, for example, uh, everything in the world is known to the state of California to cause cancer. cancer. Right. Yeah. Uh, so California has I mean, it, pretty a, much goes off. And that's huh? including the stickers they put on everything to tell you it causes cancer. Those stickers themselves been known to cause the stickers cancer. cause cancer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This podcast causes cancer in the state of California, but only in the state of California. Yes. Well, Here's the thing. Lots of other states would sure like to put all kinds of restrictions on things. So uh, but they're not allowed to set their own restrictions per federal law. But what they are allowed to do is set, set their to restrictions to say we are going to set our restrictions to whatever California chooses. 
because California is allowed to set their restrictions more strict than federal law. So um, 17 states and have uh, passed laws copying some or all of California's restrictions regarding uh, the air pollution, whatever. New York, Massachusetts, Vermont, Maine, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Oregon, Washington, New Jersey, Maryland, Delaware, Colorado, Minnesota, Nevada, Virginia, and New Mexico have all decided to Thelma and Louise on their environmental restrictions along with California. And what this means is that whatever the hell California says about let's ruin the economy in favor of the environment, those 17 other states just jump on lockstep. They automatically, they don't even have to pass anything. They don't have to do anything. Um, Coincidentally, the 17 number, there are also 17 red states which have got together very recently and sued to revoke California's waiver in the D.C. Circuit Court. Uh, That lawsuit's been filed, but they haven't had any hearings on it yet. The issue here is uh, most of these states are not ready to go all electric car. So are they following along with that? So uh, (laughs) what California has done uh, in this particular case is the California Air Resources Board has created a new rule. By the way, not a law. The California legislature is not involved. The California governor's office was not even involved in creating this, although he's virtually signaling the fuck out of it. Um, The rule, the rule from unelected bureaucrats who were just appointed by the governor's office to say, here, why don't you go ruin the economy for us? Because I don't have time to do it on my own. Says 100% of all new cars must be electric by 2035. You are not allowed after 2035 to sell a gas-powered vehicle in any of those 18 states. Um, But more than that, by 2030, 60% of all new cars must be electric. And by 2026, which is only four years from now, 35% of all new cars must be electric. More than a third of the cars sold within four years have to be electric. Right now, that number is about 12%. That's a little lower than 30. So... And if it doesn't hit that number, then what? Well, then uh, it's not entirely clear because it's a rule. (laughs) But but here's what the agency could do. First of all, they could find the shit out of the automakers for not selling the right number. Um, Or they can more likely what they'll probably do is put restrictions and say, you're, you know, take whatever number that of electric vehicles you're selling, divide by point three five and. That is the maximum amount of of gas powered vehicles you're allowed to put on a lot. and You'd better not ship one more than that to the lot. And the result is when you go to a dealership in any of these 18 states in 2026 um, there, because because we know that electric vehicles are not going to be ready by then, it's the infrastructure will not be in place by 2026 there will not be a petrol powered car anywhere on the lot they will have sold out entirely everything on the lot will be electric because they have to sell 35% they've already blown through the 65% quota this year they might have to give those cars away there yeah and that might be that might actually happen too as the price is going to plummet on these things yeah which would make because, sense because quotas because price controls yes 
Now, I'm about to go into a brutal rant. People accuse me of anti-electric vehicles rants all the time. But do you want to to step in and, and talk first? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm hot about this one. Well, there's there's a couple of things. One, I think electric vehicles are great in concept. We are just not ready to move to them in a massive way. One, people are finding out right now that some of these electric vehicles to charge them are costing them more than it would have been to put gas in to cover the same amount of miles. That's a little inconvenient. Oh, that much is true. Especially if you're in Europe where suddenly your per kilowatt hour or whatever is going through the roof. Well, you know, because of the green stuff, that's intentionally why your prices are going up to nudge you into using less. And I'm not saying that my wife was not tired of driving an hour and a half every day back and forth to work. But it was eventually like her entire paycheck was going to that was the inconvenient part. That's like a way too much need to find something closer to home. But this is exactly what the government and these people pushing this stuff wanted. We want you to stay closer to home. We don't want you to use the energy, whatever form that takes. It's not just fossil fuels. They don't want you to use your electricity either, which is very clear when we ranted about the smart grid a long, long time ago. When the government can see, oh, look, Bemrose is washing dishes at three in the afternoon. That's very inconvenient. Let's just turn that little switch and say, no, no, no. Only wash your dishes overnight between midnight and 3 a.m. This is coming. (laughs) This is coming. Oh, you know, it is when everybody's utility is, you know, we 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 got. We got yet another utility meter uh, that somebody came out and our electric meter is now officially Wi-Fi enabled. Yeah, we got um, that a couple of years. I was pissed. I would. Did, I that, just that was, was not answering them. They kept calling. And then finally, you know, they, they were very persistent. Like, this is going to happen whether you want our, it or not. Our water meter has been reporting through wires that they laid in the pipes, I guess. I'm not sure. Yeah, like, that's wireless sure. here. But our water know. meter has been automatically reporting for a couple of years. And now our electric meter. Yeah, which means they know exactly when somebody is home because they can see electric starting and stopping. They can see it water jokes on you. I never shut off any lights or water. I just let the water run like a fountain, baby. <laughs> that way, they'll yeah. never know if I'm here or not. <clears throat> well, so I feel every fucking month when we get the thing from ComEd, our electricity provider, like here is what your conservation minded neighbors are using. Here's what your average neighbor is using. Here's what you're using. Well, okay. You, you want incentive for, for conservation of water. Here's what my water and sewer bill looks like. It, it is, uh, it comes into about 60 to $70 a month of that $8 is the portion for the water that I used. And the rest of it is sewer connection. Well, then why the hell do I care if I double my water usage and my bill only goes up by $8? Why do I even care? Like, I might as well just turn on the faucet and leave it running. Right. <laughs> kind of. Well, this is it. If you because they don't meter my sewer usage, they just say you're connected to the sewer. You're dropping $60 a month for the privilege. Uh-huh. Don't matter how much you're putting down there. So you should get, yeah. your, get your money's worth. That's why I eat so much fiber. I'm like, I want to get my money's worth. Got to fill up that sewer. Damn it. <laughs> if I'm paying for it, I'm so, using that sewer. People accuse me of anti-electric vehicle rants. And this this law is uh, pretty much exactly one of the reasons. I I think electric cars are inevitable. 
I think that they are they are the technology we're moving to. There's a number of things uh, that uh, there's there's some real advantages to having electric powered. I think, you know, for one thing, I think that hybrid powered vehicles, which were considered a transition, I think that's a great place to be for as long as there are fuel stations. Um, I think that, you know, hybrid electric is, is all goodness in terms of technology. Now, I don't know if it's that good in terms of, uh, of the smugness of the people driving them around, but why you know, are there so, you get- so few of these hybrid? I mean, we've really gone <clears throat> hot and horny into these. Well, they were huge electric. 10 years ago. But they're dying. But, yeah. Well, because people are trying to be well, because among other things, uh, they're powered by uh, gasoline, which means that they are going to be illegal in 18 states by 2035. <laughs> so it's but, not just the it can't be gasoline at all then. So the hybrids are no. also part of this. Yeah. The, the, and, and of course, there will be a long tail of the secondary market and the existing cars on the road. But there will be no new no new cars in anyway. So I think electric cars are coming as uh, as a main form of transportation. They are fantastic commuter mobiles. You you know, with the standard usage scenario of you charge it overnight and then you go to work, you drive it to work, you work and then you maybe you charge it at work, whatever. And then you drive it back uh, using grid power. It's I mean, it's a really cool idea. And it more importantly, uh, removes a redundancy in power systems, which improves efficiency. However, right now, more than ever, you can tell that we need that kind of redundancy. As you see people screwing with the power grid, um, the problem with laws like this retarded California one and the thing that any kind of central economic planning system, uh, regime does not understand, presumably because they lose power if they ever start to understand it, is that you cannot force the invisible hand. You will always, always, always get unintended consequences if you try to force the invisible hand of the economy. Um, in the case of electric cars, uh, you know, what if we push everybody to electric? Well, okay, things that have never been addressed. Uh, first of all, grid capacity. If everybody plugged in their electric car right now, the grid would collapse. Do we it. would not be talking because there would be no power there would be widespread blackouts. The power generators would be offline. You know, it, you, there aren't enough windmills in the universe. You would get fires on the roadway. Um, you know, when when a, a gas-powered car burns, it's it can be really horrifying if all that gas spills out and catches fire. And then the gas is all gone and the fire's out because there's nothing else to burn. Like you go through the fuel and the upholstery and and the plastic bodywork, and you're done. Uh, a, a, an electric car burns for weeks if you let it. And our, our fire suppression systems, our fire departments are still not capable of dealing. With, if you have a huge multi-car accident on the road and, you know, 12, you know, let, let's say a semi-jackknife said 12 cars ram into it. Well, if they're gasoline powered, then there may or may not catch fire anyway, but if they do, then you get a bunch. I mean, you get 12 cars that burn up for an hour and a half and then, and then you clean it up. If these are all electric cars, you're replacing a section of freeway. They burn that hot. <laughs> right. Welcome to um, thermite. The, the cost of materials is never mentioned. And, and you know, the, the economic cost, the money cost, but how about the cost of uh, to the environment? Um, it's, it, 
No, gasoline powered environmental cars. friendly things. Gas powered cars take iron and coal. Um, uh, the electric cars take cobalt and lithium. Guess which one we have more of? The first. Um, <laughs> there's there. Uh, nobody has ever addressed how you're even going to charge these things. There's not enough charging stalls in the world right now. And yeah, okay. If by in four years, how many more charging stalls can you build? You can put a charging stall by the side of the freeway. You can, you know, if we're, if we're cutting out gas powered vehicles entirely, then you're going to have a lot of, of uh, gas stations that can convert. But when you, and you know what else energy, these, these stations are going to be cashless. Well, of course they are. And a lot of them are already uh, all the Tesla ones. For example, I think you tap your phone, but it, to put energy into a gas powered car takes five minutes. And you've got a full tank yeah, to put energy into a battery powered car takes hours and hours. What that means is that the total throughput of a service station is orders of magnitude less for for electric cars. Plus, the current scenario with all electric cars is you take it home, you park it in your driveway or your garage, you plug it in, you leave it overnight. But not everybody has a driveway or a garage. There's a whole lot of people who live in in apartment buildings or tenements. And yeah, maybe there's parking garages. Are they going to put a power tap in every single stall? Maybe they are. What about street parking? What about the people who don't have a driveway and always just park on their city street? Are we going to run extension cords across the sidewalks? Well, that seems like it's a concern. Are we going to put up these power stations? What about vandalism? With with extension cords, this isn't normal power these are charging in. This is not a normal. No, this is high, high voltage. And that, like that 240, is not 240 minimum to be viable. Uh-huh. So how which is already going to The grid's already going to fight up. Come on. And then, you know, they, there's no answer for any of these questions. And then the other big scenario for electric vehicles is road trips. Road trips have never been viable in an electric car because if you're on a really long road trip in a gas powered car, you have to stop every 300 miles to put fuel in the tank stop for bathroom snacks, beverages, get back in the car. The car is filled up and you keep going. You can kind of keep going without stopping. And everybody's like, oh, well, if you're an electric, you know, you, you get an opportunity. You can have lunch. You can have, you know, stop and relax. Nobody who is on a long road trip and wants to get three states over by the end of the day wants to stop every 300 miles for a long meal and relax and chill out and, you know, Stop and smell the roses and play frisbee in the park. That's not how people want to do road trips. You don't want to stop every 300 miles for five hours. First of all, you're, you know, you're never going to get to your destination in time. It takes to cross the United States is, is what? 3000 miles. It takes what? Four days of hard driving or six. If you're being lenient, if you're doing it in an electric car, it's going to take two weeks. And they have no answer to that. They're just saying, you, you know, all of these problems, nobody's going to, you know what, maybe, maybe the free market will figure it out. Well, the free market probably will figure it out, but the solution might not look like 100% electric vehicles everywhere. And they're not willing to accept that possibility. So all they're doing is forcing this in ways that, that the infrastructure and the economy cannot keep up. They're not moving fast enough. They can't, they won't. The 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 free market 
would provide if you let this go at an evolutionary rate. But the moment you try to force it, you're going to have unintended consequences. And by the way, this might not be unintended because here's one of the big excuses for, oh, sorry, electric cars aren't working for you. Well, just stay home or use public transport or use government controlled transport. And no matter what you do, make sure you have your social ID ready and hope that you haven't posted the wrong thing to Twitter recently, because otherwise your ability to commute to work might be compromised because they shut down your it. It's all about personal transport is freedom and they're trying to take personal transport away. And this is a huge step toward that. Well, they they never talk about the difference between warm and fucking cold climates when it comes oh, to Oh, that's another one. Too. Imagine, imagine one of those Minnesota sudden blizzards when all of the vehicles on the road are electric and it gets so cold that all your batteries run out 50% early and suddenly not only do your cars not move and so you're stuck in a snowstorm, but oh, by the way, you have no heat because your engine doesn't generate heat. You have to burn your battery for that too. Uh-huh. This happened in Chicago within the last 10 years. I'm not remembering exactly when this was, but there was a massive storm during rush hour and cars just were abandoned on Lakeshore Drive. And these were gas powered vehicles. This will be a thing of regularity with electric vehicles. And then they'll have to be towed because when you come back, there won't be any power left in any of them anyway. Or at least the gas powered cars, you could turn it off and be like, I'll come back tomorrow. Well, and and here. Tow companies. Uh, one of the things that tow, tow trucks will do run uh, when gas. clearing when <laughs> clearing this, yeah. Well, they do absolutely run on gas. But what here's if you're a tow driver and your job is you know you're a tow company and you have twelve wreckers and your job is clear this freeway, then one of the things you'll bring is a giant pickup can full of full jerry can uh, full of gasoline. Why? Because if a car is still runnable and maybe just ran out of fuel. You pour gasoline into it and drive it away. Right. One if gallon can get somebody but, to the next stage. But you can't do that if it's electric. Oh, what no. are you going to do? You're going to bring a, a giant, you know, 25 ton battery in a container and just sit there and go, okay, well, we've got five taps. So we're going to plug in these five electric vehicles. Okay. Three hours later, Okay, these five vehicles have now are now done. Let's drive them out. Let's plug the five taps into five more vehicles. And 30 hours later, you might have a freeway left. No, that's not that's not how freeways are supposed to work. Why do you hate the environment, Ryan? I don't get it. Because morons think they can get the social change they want through force and it always backfires and I hate having the backfire land on me instead of the morons at the California Air Resources Board, who were all appointed by people like Governor Newsom, who is an ASCO who thinks that he can just run everybody's life and somehow it will work. Fuck that guy. Fuck everybody at the California Air Resources Board. Fuck California. And I am pissed that my state is now one of the ones on that list that I listed. And therefore, my car is going to be illegal in 2035. Yeah, just wait until it's you can't even drive a gas powered vehicle. Not that you can't buy one. When is the date for you? You know what? The California Air Resources Board is probably going to pass that law by 2026 and be like, yeah, you know how we said new cars? Well, actually, what we mean is, is we're not going to allow you to license your car at all. This could be why used vehicles have become so expensive. People are probably hoarding these. I'm going to need them. 
Hell yeah. I'm going to need them because they're not going to sell me new gas powered vehicles. I think it's a travesty that Dodge, all these companies that are like, well, since the world's going electric, we're going to stop making the Charger and the Challenger after next year. It's like, fuck you. Well, I, I, what I hope is because these companies have been around too long. What I hope, again, I, I like to have faith, even even when it fails me, I like to have faith in the free market. How awesome would it be if, uh, you know, somebody like uh, the, the my pillow guy or somebody like that came out and said, you know what? All of these cars are growing vaginas and we're going to make real cars that run on real fuel and we're only going to sell them in the 33 states that don't have this bullshit California law. We're putting Hemi's in them, baby. Hell yeah. The- I would buy one. <laughs> I would drive across state lines to go get one of those. They might stop you coming back in like you can't bring that in here, but I'd be able to outrun them. That's true. That's true. And you'd have much wider range, too. So there's that, <laughs> you know, that's the uh, the new bootlegging. It'll be uh, nice and easy. You just outrun the electric vehicles. I thought it was interesting that NASCAR is allegedly I haven't seen anything that's confirming this, but allegedly is going to run a series next year, maybe six or eight races with electric race cars. And the one thing that was mentioned is that it could only be done on short tracks for the exact reasons we're talking about. Because if you go up, you're not going to do a 500 mile race with one of those. No, because when your foot's to the floor, you're just using energy. The interesting thing on the short tracks, which are basically. Oh, yeah. We we can stop in for a pit, but instead of having a seven second pit, it's going to be a three hour pit. You could see that would definitely change the uh, the vibe of the race. But I guess with race cars, they're working on technology, which I found to be interesting because I don't know, to be fair, if this is in electric vehicles at all. I'm guessing maybe it's incorporated. But with the short tracks, if you know racing, you're basically uh, coming out of the corner and your foot's fully down on the gas and you're gaining speed. But what happens when you get to the next corner? You are hard on the brake because you have to slow down the braking will generate more and recharge the battery. So they think they can go race distances. Uh, yeah. Do they understand the second law of thermodynamics? You, you never get as much energy, but you cannot, you literally cannot get as much energy back as you use to get up to that speed. Correct. But the enough, they think that they can get it to race distances. In, that in fact, it, it turns out, we know this from hybrid cars, which use regenerative braking that you really get a lot a a very small fraction of the energy you use because most of it ended up going into uh going into air drag and and yeah anyway it'll be interesting to see how efficient they can get those systems yes and that'll be aerodynamics and the the like i already have a favorite driver for uh electric powered race cars though Ooh, richard hammond who is richard hammond (laughs) he was uh he was on top gear and then now the grand tour. Um, and, uh, he was driving a, a concept supercar from Rimac, uh, and, uh, did a hill climb in Switzerland and crashed it and burn it burned for a week (laughs) on, on the hill in Switzerland. Yeah. This is very inconvenient when, uh, you set a car like this on fire. Yeah. 
It was, I mean, it was an amazing car. If, if you haven't watched it and you happen to have Amazon prime, go to the grand tour. And I want to say it's the first episode of season, either two or three, um, where they're all driving supercars. One of them has a gasoline powered supercar, like a Lamborghini. One has a, a hybrid supercar and one has the electric supercar and uh, the electric one in a straight up drag race just destroyed the other two. Oh, yeah. It had torque. something like eleven hundred horsepower. Yeah. Well, and torque up the ass, man. Those things yeah. fly. But, you know, in terms of, of crashing at the finish line of a hill climb and then burning for a week, it also won there. Yeah. When you when the batteries do not want to stop burning. Which yeah. is also something you're going to start seeing on the side of the road, which God forbid all of the first responders are going to have to start dealing with this with a reg- on a regular basis. When when every car in California is electric. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're going to have two cars run into each other. They're both going to burst into flames just because they're made of plastic. And if one bursts into flames and it's just next to you in traffic and you can't move. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to be if, like if somebody run over effect. a piece of road debris in their car, like you're stuck in bumper to bumper traffic and they just suddenly get flames coming out. You're like, OK, we're just abandoning the car and leaving the freeway because this this is going to be a hell inferno in about 20 minutes. It's about to get real. And <laughs> I think if we, as we mentioned here, one of the latest studies, all, even when all of this is all electric, you know, they're already looking for the next thing because of the studies coming out now that are saying literally that just the rubber meeting the road of your tire is putting out more bad stuff into the environment than burning of the fuel. Oh God. Uh Uh-huh. So this is next. The next thing is going to be the tires. Except that it's not. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe if they still use the old uh, latex style recipes from, 1966 then that might be true those left a lot of rubber on the road yeah i don't know but what they're testing but allegedly the, the modern t- micro you particles out you don't get a tire that can be rated for seventy thousand miles if it's leaving a lot of rubber on the like there's there's a, a a fixed amount of rubber in the tire and if the tire is supposed to keep going for seventy thousand miles then it keeps most of that don't because you know those you lose- micro particles are bad what the, what what's the amount? I I don't remember when you're when you're in the tire place and they always run the little gauge into your tread to determine how much of your tire is left. And you, you lose over the lifetime of the tire, you lose what a centimeter worth of tire. So how much mass is that? That tells you how much is on the road. Why are you bringing logic into an argument that the left is trying to win? Because they because it's cheating because they don't understand logic. They've never heard of it. And therefore, I win by default. Yes. This is where it's going, though. It's not they're not going to be happy when it's all electric vehicles and it's never going to be all electric vehicles because, you know, things like trains and planes and uh, and semi trucks not going to be. No, no. All your delivery trucks, they're probably California is going to mandate that all delivery trucks be electric. (laughs) So I hope they're not uh, expecting to have food or water wherever you live in California. I, you know, I saw a, a, an interesting statement the other day in a meme because I read memes and because I'm, you know, although not particularly a meme Lord, I am entertained by them said uh, somebody was saying, I'm not going to accuse them of wanting us all dead and trying to kill everybody and ruin the economy and destroy everything. But if they did want to, what would they be doing differently? It's a good question. 
I mean, you look at the roadmap and you really have two choices at this point, which is utter incompetence or evil. I'm thinking it's both. I, I like to assume incompetence, and I believe that the vast majority of, of left art activists and government bureaucrats are completely incompetent and underinformed and do not understand the consequences of their decisions because it's never even occurred to them to think about it. But if they did, then then the second order thinking required is probably beyond the kind of person who has received a leftist education. However, somebody at the top is organizing and planning all of this and it, it has to be evil. It's the only possible explanation. Yeah, it is the only one that makes sense. And, and you know, obviously be, because he has become such a, a public whipping boy and, uh, you know, visible, I'm not convinced that it's Klaus Schwab who's who's actually pulling these strings. He is. He, he looks literally looks like a Bond villain. And well, so I, does uh, Soros. I, so does Soros. And so does Bill Gates these days. Well, kind Although of, Bill yeah. Gates also looks like the pregnant man emoji. So what do I know? But <laughs> I honestly so don't think that the person who's actually pulling the strings and trying to kill all of us, whoever that is, or the, the group, I don't think that they're going to go out there and become a public face, which is why. You know, I don't I'm not convinced maybe they were back in the day, but I'm not convinced that Soros and Klaus Schwab are are even the people pulling the strings. They're just the public face. Yeah, they're the ones the money's getting funneled through. But I've I've dropped from rant into wild speculation about things that I actually have no data at all about, which means it might be time to end the show. (laughs) Welcome to Grumpy Old Beds, everybody. Well, we do have a few people to thank. Oh, I okay it's not time to end the show luckily for today's show i mean there was in fact in fact it's not time to end the show until all of you boost there was a time not too long before the show that i went on to no agenda social and i said hey everybody as it sits right now csb is our only producer on the show today so if there was ever a time that you wanted to show that you wanted grumpy old beds to still be doing shows maybe today was the day and uh, some people stepped up so i appreciate that Eric McCammon comes in with 15 bucks and that's appreciated. No notes on any of these, which is also, I guess, nice or people just, they, they don't like us and they don't want to well, send notes. They, they don't have anything to say because we've said it all. That's true. We, we do kind of uh, bloviate from time to time. Dame Kenny, Ben Kendra comes in with 10 bucks. That is appreciated. Normally she sends in X's and O's, but uh, not today, but just the cold, hard 10 bucks. And that is appreciated. I think the, the X's and O's were implied. I believe. Well, I prefer my X's and O's to be literal, but I'm willing to accept implied <laughs> as well. So thank you. See Brooklyn, who's in the troll room right now, came in not only with $5, but then with 3333 sats. And he said he was boosting Sir Bemrose's dentures. I don't think you have dentures yet. I have a dental implant and two crowns. And, uh, and, and I learned today I have a, uh, uh, a filling that has broken. And so I'm going to be going back in for that one. Ooh, fun. Well, that's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. And if I, if I don't go in and have it redone right now, which is going to be a real quick, they just put a seal and shine the little UV cancer gun at my teeth. <laughs> and we're done about um, nothing to worry about. If I put it off and let it wait another six months, then it becomes a cavity and that's a filling and drilling and, and that's when there's more pain and more stuff involved. So you want that foreign material in my mouth. So um, I generally, one of the 
ways that I, I find that I keep my dental work at a minimum, not that it feels like a minimum these days, is you go for the preventative when you can. Yes, which I had not done over COVID because my damn dentist died and then COVID hit. Well, that's inconvenient of him. I know. He was a really cool guy, too. I miss him. But now I have a young female dentist. So, I mean, there is that. Will Lee. Yeah, does, does she have good tips? I hope so. I hope she's very gentle when when doing the root canal. That'll always. <laughs> so, so you're not going to say anything bad about her until that's done. Never, never. Just in then. case this gets back. Yes. And even then, never, never. Because I want this is very convenient. This is a I mean, I, the rarity of. And, and looking up reviews, I think we talked about that in the last show, very hard to do when it comes to uh, things like dentists. But I found a very highly reviewed, take it all with a grain of salt, and on the new insurance plan and within a mile of the house, you really can't, uh, you can't complain about that. So hopefully that all works out. And uh, next Wednesday, that's why, I mean, I will be unable to to do the show because I will be in a dentist chair. I don't know if you want to do a show, if you want to find a, a co-host, take a week off. That's all. That's all. I you. really want you to do the show from the dentist chair. <laughs> I need a dentist. I need like a drill sound. And Especially can, or, or, you know, we can, we can wait until right after you're out of the dentist chair and you can come home. If you ask them, give me an extra shot of NO2. Uh, hey man. This is gravel beds. Then I wouldn't be. And there's driving the other myself. candidate for a cold open. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> then I cannot drive myself if I'm going on the NO2. That would be the, you know, it's only a mile, but that's a long mile when you're on the uh, nitrous. Um, it's a mile. I walked down to my dentist this morning. Yeah, I mean, I guess which, I could. Which, in hindsight, was uh, w- might be the reason I've been so sweaty for this show. Not that you wanted to visualize that. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's already warm. And you don't have the AC. We need. To it get wasn't your- that warm when I went. You know, it really wasn't supposed to be that warm when I was supposed to go at 8 a.m. But I got a call yesterday. Said uh, we can't make you at 8 a.m. Uh, is there? Is it okay if we bump you to 10? And me, of course, not thinking too much about scheduling. Oh yeah, no problem. And then I hang up the phone. I'm like, wait, I've got something going. Oh crap! It's all good. We need to get you a room air conditioner for the hot days because they seem to be a little more prevalent these last couple um, well, of years. Tomorrow is September, and after that comes the cold and rainy season. So and that's we are bringing, going to go back to normal weather soon. Yeah, when you're bringing firewood in and lighting it on fire to stay warm like the Nanook yes. of the North. Yes, when I have to create carbon pollution just to stay warm. Our buddy Lavish of the... Uh, I always want to see... I always want to put him and... Uh, and the Mothman on Rare Encounter. No, they do behind the schemes. Lavish. Why, why do you? Okay, seriously, they, you're do, you're <laughs> shitty at thanking people if you're putting people on Rare Encounter. <laughs> he says Blue Douche abstains from drugs, but then he sent that twice with one, two, three, four, five sats. So I think he accidentally sent two, but you can't take them back, Lavish. Maybe you're on drugs. Maybe you need more drugs. Maybe that would you try that. Try more drugs and let us know how it goes. Coming in with 8888 sats, our buddy Carolyn Blaney of the Hog Story Blaney's now only once a week unless they do it twice. She says, Sir Bemrose reminded me it is Wednesday and GOB is today. Break a yes. leg. That's you have to figure out whose leg she wants you to break. So though. this morning I was I was trying to prepare and, and read up and, and getting angrier and angrier at this stupid California story this morning. And I get a, a message from Carolyn saying, uh, is, you know, I. I I learned um, 
couple of weeks ago how to post from uh, to No Agenda Social from PowerShell. And uh, oh, really? You, know, you can do this? She's a little bit more sane than me, and didn't. Yeah, I did it. I I, I even posted the script in in a in a post on No Agenda Social. It was that short, and um, she's a little more sane than me and didn't want to use PowerShell, so she used a tutorial I pointed her to and started doing Python. And she comes up this morning, said, uh, you know, hey, can you help me get this working? And it's fascinating. And of course, it's an interesting technical problem. And of course, I have adult ADHD. And so, of course, I went in and looked at it. And then I kind of stopped and like, crap, I really want to help you with this problem. But I have to finish researching my story for GOB. She's like, oh, right. It's Wednesday. Yes, so, it is. But she's writing a bot then. It's basically she is writing down to uh, a bot. Yes. Nice. So many bots, so little we, time. We need more bots to fill up all those open slots that they keep that they keep creating after the purge. And then purging more bots with. So yes. there's that. And a millennial sent in 6969 sat said, here's to drilling and filling. Yay. Yeah. And then in root canaling, which is the ultimate in, in drilling and filling. I'm going to see the interesting thing will be what the cost moves to with the insurance and what the insurance picks up without the insurance, it was about four grand for the root canal and a crown. We'll see what that uh, goes to, but Hey, send in the two thirty donations for us. Cause we need it. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I also see one from uh, C Brooklyn saying boosting Sir Bemrose's dentures for thirty three thirty three. Yes. We covered that one already. That was okay. with the $5. Uh, oh, was it? Okay. And then the last one, of course, always on with a boostagram CSB who always wants an ad. And this one just says, howdy, Darren and Ryan. I guess he doesn't think you're a Russian apologist anymore. I, I think I, I, my almost apology last time was may have been sufficient. I don't know. It was as close as you're going to get. Please tell your audience to visit my blog with cartoons at www.csb.lol. Yo. And, and it, I have been there and it is, I can confirm it is a blog with cartoons. And some of them are getting pretty blue. Have you noticed CSB's getting I, very randy lately? Yeah, that makes him better. I know that, and you know, and the blatant porn. I mean, if well, you like, you know, MS Paint line art porn and doodled porn. Yes, if you like doodled, doodled porn, porn. Yes, I, well, he's got the tablet, and he is like he is drawing little stick figure boobies. And you know, I I tell you what, I like porn in any form. So I of course look. <laughs> You're but, like, I'm going to rate this. Let's see. But how they this just is going. don't. It doesn't. It's. Very difficult to fap to. CSB's drawings. I mean, were you were you trying? I mean, when you say it's very difficult, does that mean you somehow powered through? Uh, I'm not really sure. You didn't say it's impossible. I, no, it's not impossible, and I have a lot of skills. But uh, you know, that's between me and my cat, yeah. who is currently licking herself. The cat's like, "I'm out of here. I am out of here." Uh, but we appreciate. She, she is currently licking stuff out of her fur. Everybody. No. For supporting this show. And if you'd like to take part in this value for value experiment, you can go to grumpyobens.com slash donate. Or if you're using a uh, podcasting 2.0 app, you can boost. You can boost a gram. Go to newpodcastapps.com. I had one other boost I just wanted to mention uh, because it came in with a tip. Uh, and this was from Dumpster Eagle a few days ago who said, isn't there a setting on most modern phone cameras to remove metadata? And if not, scrambled XIF on F droid should do the trick. Oh, so yes, that's if, true. If, if, you know, we, we talked about uh, your phone. Every time you take a picture, it stamps your life story into the XIF data and then posts it to Instagram where Facebook can go ahead and harvest that information and 
add it to your profile to get a more complete ad profile on you. And um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if there's a setting on modern phone cameras. I don't currently have a modern phone, although you will I'm soon. told that one is arriving. <laughs> um, but the scrambled exif uh, from F droid sounds like exactly something that does the trick. Just the kind of just, whatever you do, just make sure that there's no metadata stuck to the image before you upload it to social media. Yeah, that's you want to make sure it's stripped off before sending it to the cloud. And I, I really, I should have looked for the between shows boostograms that sometimes you forget they fall through. And so I apologize if anybody said a boostogram between shows, just boosting. Not everybody listens live. That's true. But some of them don't even remember when Wednesday happens. Right. Wednesday is the day right after Tuesday and right before Thursday. And I had one other thing that I needed to read, which was a a toot that came in on Agenda Social from Nobere during the show, who is now accusing me of being way too pro electric vehicle. Ooh, that could be possible. We have to look further into this. We're going to do it. We take this very seriously, these kind of allegations here on the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast, and we will have a full investigation into yes. the conduct. I, of I will ben come Rose. back next week with this was my if this was my pro electric vehicle, I will come back next week with all my reasons why you shouldn't get one. And that'll be a balance. That would be fair. That would be balanced. And uh, I just have the question, Rachel Bilson, hot or not? Who? Rachel Bilson. I don't know. Was I'm not in, looking at what you're looking at. Was in the OC, which we started watching the OC because Bandrew of the Bandrew Says podcast was talking about watching the OC not too long ago. I'm like, oh, I've never saw that. It's basically a teen melodrama, you know, from like 20 years ago, except as TV at the time. I mean, I don't know if they can do this now, but the girls that were playing the 16 year old high school girls were like 22 to 25. So it's a completely different vibe, at the, you know, for the show. And, you know, I've always thought Rachel Bilson was kind of attractive. She was also in heart of Dixie. Um, yeah, maybe, it looks female. Yeah. Maybe Gilmore girls. And we were watching the OC and my wife's just like, she's not a pretty girl. And I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe you're seeing something different than I am. I, well, so I, I just pulled it up on the image search. Uh, because you asked and because this is, yes. this is what passes for show content i guess now it's it's better than some if you're um, a rare encounter she she looks very gen x which does is is not nearly as youthful as they may have been 20 years ago this is true um but uh eh. i mean i don't know that the, there's lines and there's a 2018 to 29 picture that 2019 picture there there are lines there that says there's a lot of makeup involved in holding this space together but uh i mean of course the show we're watching is from like 20 years ago so there's that i mean would i fap to it at at least as easily as csb's doodles oh gotta be a little better than csb's doodles slightly (laughs) i think she is a little better than csb's doodles yes so i mean either csb has to get better i don't know but this really seems like a good time to eject. Yeah. Why Why are you doing this? You know that I'm a lecher anyway. This is a lot of fun. Stop baiting me. This, this is, is not why. good show content. You can bait yourself. With that said. I'm I a am, master at it. Whoa. <laughs> I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live, sadly, from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I'll be getting in the dentist chair and enjoying every minute. And from America's left coast, where the 2002 Buick will soon be the new AR-15. I'm Ryan Bemrose.